Hello, this is Jeremy Shackford with WFR Church, and this is the WFR Church broadcast. Today we're with David Bromley, one of our teaching ministers, and we are in the topic of renewing your mind, and this is episode four. David, why don't you kind of catch us up to where we are at this point? Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, episode four, transforming truth, recognizing and breaking down strongholds. This one is very exciting. Um, kind of in my wheelhouse with things where personally in my own life it's been helpful but I've seen this in my family's life and 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 just people that we work with on a day-to-day basis this has been a very transformational thing up until this point first three episodes just excited about them um, but it's kind of starts to gel with this one you kind of start seeing some some solidifying there episode one we talked about God's design and his expectation for us to grow and how that is He's given us everything we need, and it is the continuing work of the gospel, his His work as our high priest, his giving us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us, and uh, giving us a church, giving us the body of Christ with which to, to, uh, to work together with. Our second episode, we looked at how God designed us, that we're more than just a body, that we are body, soul, and spirit, and how God renews each part of us the first corinthians 5 passage that says how god will sanctify your whole body soul and spirit he is faithful and he will do it and then last time as the uh, as we said towards the end it was the the drink from the fire hydrant uh, episode of briefly and quickly rolling through half of Romans 7 and half of Romans 8 as we looked at the Holy Spirit's role in redemption and how he empowers us that uh, to work uh, and works in our life and empowers our, our sanctification. And of course, all of this, we hope everybody is consistently, at least uh, five times a week, working through the renewing your mind challenge, taking that challenge and going through those experiences of daily putting God's word in. We have the scriptures uh, that we've picked out, 16 weeks worth uh, with that. And look, if it, if uh, the first one in Proverbs takes uh, a person two weeks, so be it. There's no, there's no legalistic way of doing this thing. Uh, if it takes you two weeks to get through Proverbs three, three through five, then, then go for it. That's okay. If it takes you one week, but slow down, digest it. Praying regularly, uh, I'm a distracted prayer, so I write my prayers a lot, and then worship. Plugging those earbuds in your ear, listening, telling Alexa to play something from your, from your list, and, um, and just going from there and just listening to those things, or CDs, or, uh, if you're my age or, or older, cassette tapes, if you still have a cassette player, uh, your age or older, Jeremy, eight tracks, uh, with that. So, uh, that's, those things are really good. And then doing that with, uh, a group of, uh, a group of like-minded believers is really the best way to do, to do that. Today we look at breaking down strongholds. This lesson is critical in, in, in the renewal process. Strongholds, as we will see, uh, in just a moment, are based in lies, which is where the enemy does his best work. John 8, 44, Jesus said that he is the father of lies. And when he, when he lies, he's speaking his native language. And when we recognize the lies that we believe and, and put in them in our life and begin to com- combat them with truth, then we're able to step into 
a level of renewal and work uh, and, and field of progress that maybe we've never been able uh, it, it, to have before and get some traction in our life uh, where we can have some spiritual success with that. Uh, sometimes it's three steps forward and two steps back. And sometimes it's leaps and bounds and then we we plateau for a while. But the, the idea here, and we see this especially like we said last week in Romans 8, is that we're living by the Spirit. And it's that, uh, as, as one of my old teachers said, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. And we're just making progress steady as we go. So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 10 uh, for a little bit today, understanding uh, what we have here. And again, I'm going to be reading from uh, the ESV uh, English Standard Version today. Uh, though I learned in the newer, newer national version, and that's where my memorization a lot came from. So uh, if you get, if you hear me saying two different things, it's because it's it's all jumbled up in my head somewhere between the NIV and the ESV. But read them both, and you'll get it. So first of all, we want to define what a stronghold is, and let's uh, let's begin and let the Bible do that for us. Chapter. 10 of 2 Corinthians, beginning in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So let's work through this text a little bit, uh, just with some words there. There's a lot there. And again, we are picking this up out of a whole context that we don't have time to break down. But this is, uh, we'll break this section of it down. Um, wage war. You hear that phrase, the weapons we fight with indicates that it is a battle. This is reminiscent of Ephesians 6 when he says, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12 of, of chapter 6 of Ephesians, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. He goes back to the, the, though we walk in the flesh, we don't wage war in the flesh. But our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So it is a battle. There is a real enemy. The battle is real. The battle is spiritual. It's not physical. Therefore, the weaponry is different. And there will be more battles uh, occurring in the future. Where does this battle occur? It occurs in our minds or our souls. That's the, we use those terms synonymously. It is a battle in and for our mind. Uh, it's not a battle in our behavior because our behavior has its beginnings in our minds. And we'll talk more about that as we go along. Another phrasing in this, in this section. On the contrary, uh, they have divine power. And he's talking about it. What is the they? They, the, the weapons we fight with. What they, those weapons we fight with, have divine power. So we ask the question, what is the source of the weapons pow uh, power? Deity. God is the source of our power, um, uh, of, of the weapon. What's the extent of their power? 
it's as great as God's power is. So it's not like we have this, uh, you know, bringing a, uh, a water pistol to a, to a gun battle here or a slingshot to a gun battle. You're actually bringing God's weaponry and the power and might behind it to the spiritual battle for your mind. Now let that sink in for a second. That's pretty powerful right there. But oftentimes when we begin to think that it's all about us and our ability to do things, then we end up limiting that power, not tapping into it. Another another uh, phrasing in this section says, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension. So you hear a lot about strongholds and what they are and what 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 people say they are. In this particular context, he defines it for us. We demolish strongholds, which are arguments or pretensions, the NIV says, or lofty ideas. It's anything, it's this, any body of, of belief or statement or opinion or lofty idea. Remember they were writing to the Corinthians where, uh, Corinth and, and was in Athens and that area was all the center of Greek thought and and you remember they, they sat around and they had these Greek philosophers and they uh, spent their days, Acts talks about, thinking and talking about the latest ideas. And so Greek philosophy and knowledge and uh, the Gnostics came in this area and, and in and around these areas in later centuries. And 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 so thought and, and ideas and arguments were a big part of their culture. But what happens is they demolish arguments and pretensions that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So, what if something sets itself up against the knowledge of God, what is it? If it stands against the truth of who God is and argues against the truth of who God is and his system and order of things, then it's a lie. If I say God created everything... But then somebody else comes along and says, no, there is no God. Everything has always been eternal. Well, that sets itself up against God. Then we take that as a lie. And there's really no evidence to support that. That's just an example of that. If it sets itself up against the knowledge of God, it's a lie. How do you combat a lie? With truth. And then the next phrase, take captive every thought. Thoughts about what? The lies that have set themselves up against God. So, that's the phrasing. Here's the summation. Strongholds, then, are lies that we have believed, unconsciously forming a narrative or a life story out of which we operate. These narratives or stories or stories form our beliefs about God, our relationships, our interactions, our past, what it means about people, what it means about ourselves, and how we interact. So we uh, are in a battle. We wage war for our minds and we fight with the weapons that God has given us. And what is that? That is truth. Why truth? Because strongholds are lies and truth breaks down lies. The truth, the, the lies have set themselves up against God and and attack that, and truth sets us free. I think somebody real famous said the truth will set you free. Most strongholds attack our view of God. 
I'm going to say that again. Most strongholds attack our view of God. If Satan can get us to believe a lie about God, then he has a toehold in our life. If the things that we have believed in our life are not based in truth, then we can become very skewed in our thinking. And it can become very debilitating in our life. And most of those have to do with our view of God. Let me give you a personal example from my own life. I never knew my dad. I uh, saw him one time alive in my life. And so for me, uh, the idea of father was very distant, was very uh, far off. Um, knew he was there, knew, his, knew, knew, knew where he was, but just kind of aloof. So as a young man and as a young Christian and even now as middle-aged and, and uh, living my life, Prayer is a big struggle for me because who am I praying to? I'm praying to my father. I don't have necessarily an experience of that. I don't have that conversation with a father. And thank, thank the Lord that I did have some good father figures in my life. So um, that, that really stood in the gap. But the idea of talking to a father became a, 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 a difficulty for me. So my view of God growing up, I knew he was there. And I knew he was God. And but as far as personal relationship, he, God I viewed as aloof. So where did that lead me in my life? Well, it led me down some paths I sure am not proud of today, and doing some things that I wish I hadn't done because he's aloof and off, and he doesn't see or doesn't know. So that that gave me a skewed view of God and played out. Uh, it really uh, hurts. It hurt me, and and I have to still struggle with what it is to pray. If my view of God is devalued or wrong, then I, then myself, my view of myself becomes devalued, uh, and this can lead me to devaluing or, or in directly affects my interaction with others. So that's what strongholds are. Let's take a minute to look at the role and power of strongholds in our life. Strongholds take hold. When we believe or internalize them and begin to operate out of them, they form when the enemy takes our experiences, thoughts, emotions, and twists them to form beliefs or narratives that are not true. And when we begin to behaviorally operate out of the belief, we further reinforce the lie and subsequent behavior. We see this happen in our lives all the time. Strongholds are held in our minds or our souls and acted out in our in our behavior or our bodies or our flesh. For example, we've all had a middle school breakup or a high school breakup. We had our heart broken by some person. And then uh, we had a few failed dating relationships and the enemy uses those experiences to whisper lies that were unwanted that we're not good enough, that we have to settle. You better take this one because no one else will love you. So we have trouble accepting affection. We sabotage relationships because they know we'll, they'll fail anyway. We experience in our life loss through moving, death, tragedy, whatever. And the enemy whispers, it hurts too much to be close to people, so we become isolated and we push people away. Yeah, we want to be friendly. We don't want to be lonely. But we know we're going to end up there, so we do things to push people away. 
And you can see in your own life, I can see it in my own, in my life, I see it in people as I worked with uh, youth and children for many years, and now as I work with adults in a teaching and counseling, uh, we see this quite often. And this cycle blocks the God image part of us from reigning in our life. I'll refer you to the session notes here in the in the PowerPoint. We go back to what God's intended order was to let the Holy Spirit reign and indwell in our spirit over our body and soul so our minds do not take control of us and our flesh does not rule our life. But what happens, those beliefs, those firmly held strongholds and narratives that we believe, the lives we believe, block the Holy Spirit from working in our life, and we create situations in our mind and act them out in our bodies. The idea that we're trying to get to is to break that stronghold down so that truth can reign. Some common strongholds, beliefs, lies that people have believed and operate their life out of is, one, I'm guilty. Uh, I've gone too far. I can never be saved. I'm unlovable, I'm worthless, um, or I'm unloved, I'm unlovable. I don't have the ability to be loved and no one loves me and therefore I'm worthless. I can't do it right. I'm unwanted. I don't have anything to give. I am trash, I don't belong. And that's just an example of some common ones that we hear uh, with that. Those things block the Holy Spirit from coming in and renewing us. Behaviors get tied to these strongholds, and we begin to act them out. So we want to spend some time uh, for the next few minutes identifying strongholds. Now, I want to say this as a disclaimer. Getting to the core issue may or may not be possible. Why I believe, why I believe what I believe in my life, why I operate out of this stronghold, how it came to being, we may never be able to figure out. Acknowledging the lie that I have believed and infusing truth is the key. Sometimes this takes a great deal of introspection. Sometimes it happens fairly quick. Sometimes, in my case, it's a lifelong process that continues to work. Sometimes it doesn't, it, 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 it can happen, um, uh, well, most of the time it doesn't happen overnight. We need to, we're, so we get so set into a routine, we just operate, we don't even realize that it's happening. Uh, we, the strongholds we're operating, operating out of. So I suggest that get into this uh, renewing your mind experience and get into the routine of doing that and the rhythm of that in your life. And once we're settled and not hijacked in our emotions with this, begin this work of identifying strongholds um, with this. These next few steps that I'm fixing to go over with you here are fleshing out the second Corinthians. I do want to say this. Keep this ver- these verses in mind. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. you got to keep God's word in your life. That's why it's important to pour it in. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It is through God's word, the truth that God has revealed to us in his word, and we're so privileged to have it, that we can filter those lies through that. This work is not to replace therapy. 
if you need some therapy, need some help, we all do at some time, most of us have, um, please seek that out professionally. So a few steps that we have here in identifying stronghold. One is recognizing behaviors. What are behaviors that, that may be problematic? Maybe ask some questions. And again, this is all in our session notes and the PowerPoint and the PDF that we have. Uh, what do I fear? What triggers me emotionally? And by that I mean what, what causes me extreme emotion, whatever it is, that seems to be out of proportion to the trigger. Um, what situations do I avoid because you fill in the blank. This may happen, will happen. I'll be embarrassed. I won't know what to say. Oh, what people will think this about me. In your fortune telling, because this may happen or will happen. What, what causes the, that, in, that avoidance behavior? Uh, what makes me anxious just even thinking about it? Um, what reoccurring behaviors or reactions uh, are there that I struggle with? When someone says something, it just hits me to the core and just, uh, it just shuts me down. What are those, uh, whenever I, I see those or those things happen to me, what are those behaviors um, that, that, that go along with that? And it's slowing down and just paying attention to what's going on. Second thing to do is identify the belief or the narrative. So whenever that happens, when those situations do happen, what is it about the situation or person or event that is so hijacking. It could be a memory from years ago and you just cringe. What is it about that situation that hijacks our emotions so much? Ask yourself, what am I believing about these situations or this person or these events? What does that say about me? What does that mean about me? If I feel this way, if I react this way, what does that say about me personally? What am I believing about myself? And how am I viewing God? Another one is the truth challenge. Another step, third step here, truth challenge. If this belief or narrative is true, what does it say about me? If this belief or narrative is true, who said it was true? What is the evidence for it being true? And is it really true? Just slowing that process down a little bit. And then step four is infusing truth. What does the Bible say about this belief that I have? Claim your truth verse. Incorporate your truth verse into your renewing your mind routine. Recall it often, especially when you're hijacked. And most importantly, pay attention to what you are paying attention to. Let me take a couple of minutes and share with you personally how this has worked for me. I spent um, just a little history about me. Uh, as I already alluded to, I didn't know my dad, so I grew up single parent. Uh, Mom had me when she was 36. I have a sister, uh, had a sister, she passed away a few years ago, and was 13 years older than me. And so uh, she got married very early uh, in life, 18 years old. And so for my whole life that I really have memories, just my mother and I, she was an older single mother. And uh, thinking that once her daughter is gone, she kind of go live the single life, do her thing again. And then I came along. Um, I grew up hearing things like, I didn't plan, David, didn't plan, David. But um, the enemy took that. And, and twisted that around, began to twist some things around in my own mind. Uh, 
Uh, when I was nine years old, my mother lost her sight, and I went to live with my sister and her husband. And I was at their house in uh, an extra bedroom, just kind of had my little spot there. And I went to school a little bit further away, so I didn't have a lot of friends in that school those couple of years that that, that was the case. When my mother moved back, just a whole lot of things there going on in my prepubescent and then pubescent life, uh, which is always those scary times. So I formed a narrative in my life that I took into high school, took into my young adult years and still carry with me today uh, that I struggle with is I don't belong. So I don't have a place. I don't belong to anybody. I don't, I, I, I'm not wanted. And so I began to do things that would make me want it. I tried to be funny. I always wanted to have a girlfriend because it made me feel special. Uh, I would I would sacrifice what was good, right, and holy and moral in order for that. And so that became a pattern in my life, and it created a lot of difficulties into my adult life and into my marriage. And then, and then began to break this down with that. So no one intended for that to happen. Um my family was loving, but I began uh, later in life to, to understand that it had a lot to do with my view of God. So I had trouble praying with God because my father wasn't there. I don't belong. I don't belong to God. And how it broke down with me, what am I believing about myself, is that I'm not worth belonging. So I tried to find things that would would make me feel worthy. And so approval became a big thing for me. Then I began to have to work through all that. Uh, that's not, none of that was true. My family didn't intend for that to happen. No one intended for that to happen, but the enemy took it and twisted it around. And I claim this truth verse in First Peter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people, here it is for me, belonging to God. Now, I still struggle with belonging, but I am doing better at paying attention to what I am paying attention to. And I am less approval-seeking than I used to be um, with that. So that's just an example of how this works. The renewing your mind activities is designed to infuse truth and break down those strongholds. The importance can't be stressed enough of the daily routine and how that works. God's word is the truth of who he is and who we are in him. Prayer and worship connects us with God at a different level. Done consistency with intentionality gives the Holy Spirit the fuel he needs to refine us into the image of him whose we bear. Thank you, David. Thank you for, one, being vulnerable, and two, speaking truth into all of us about the strongholds that we have. And I do want to thank our audience for being a part of this. And as always, if you have any questions, any comments, please reach out to us via email at info at wfrchurch.org. Next time that we're together, David will continue the study on renewing your mind with how God changes your brain. This is Jeremy Shackelford and David Bromley. Y'all have a blessed day.